Hello there. Hello there. Oh, look at that picture of Todd. He's so cute. This fuzzy little head. Look at him. He's so cute. Did you see the new ones of the old photos? He's so cute. Yeah, he has a lot of stand. What do they call them? Standies? Those cardboard cutouts? No, that, that's the real celebrities. Those aren't cardboard. Oh, wow. He knows a lot of famous people. Todd is canceled. I didn't know he was friends with Mel Gibson. Wow. Yeah, okay. Wow. He's getting told for this mm-hmm. business. I guess he always liked movies. Yeah. Hmm. Go figure. <sighs> Good old Todd. Oh, wait. Got to get the quiet keyboard. Hmm. Quieter keyboard. Yeah, Got to get well, that checklist going. I am I, recording. Otherwise, I'll <laughs> listen, hear your furious typing every time we mention anything and you are immediately Googling it and frantically reading the Wikipedia page. Is that, is that, is it you, is that what you want to go with? You, you're telling me that's you not think I do that You think I do that? I know you do that. I know it. Justin McElroy, Justin McElroy does that. I don't do that. I'm frequently making notes and writing down funny things my co-host said. Sure. Also, Googling things that you don't understand. Frantically, yes. Frantically, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Castle Doctrine. I'm familiar with this. Hmm. Ah, John, let's, uh, we got okay, we got to kick off with some, uh, some uh, business, as they say on Slate. Yeah, we do have some business here. I'm going to interview you. Because you know all of this better than I do. All right, sure. Hi, John. Um, <laughs> uh, where do you want people to find you on the internet? No, no, that's not how we're starting. I Type reject this line of questioning. slash pasta, pasta. Can I redirect? I don't know. What's the, what's the courtroom phrase I want to like start this over again? I'll allow it. You want to treat the witness as hostile? <laughs> it's the only way I can deal with you. There you go. It's the only chance I have for survival. Take two. Um, so, um, hi, thank you, and welcome to Reconcilable Differences. Your call is very important to us. Thank you for listening to the program. Listening to the program is, uh, is important to us, like your call. So thank you for that. But uh, we also, uh, we're, we're on a podcast network, and uh, we, we make some money from this show, and we wanted to talk to you tonight about something new that we're going to be doing that I'm personally uh, very excited about, because it means more time with my pal and uh, worst friend, John Syracuse, and that is that uh, uh, the folks at our parent network, Relay, are uh, trying some new things um, with the way that folks can choose to support the programs on Relay, and we're, uh, we're going to be doing some new stuff, and that's what we want to tell you about. What, what, what even are we doing, John? What's the idea here? I think we have to start by saying, in these uncertain times, don't we have to say that now? Oh, and if so, now more than ever. Exactly. Yes. In these uncertain times... Podcast advertising is less steady than it used to be. So that's why you see lots of your favorite podcasts starting membership programs. Relay's had a membership program for a while. They're changing it up a little bit. Let's just start with the the call to action, as they say. If you go to relay.fm slash RD, what is that in uh what is that in radio lingo? Uh oh, uh Robert Charlie Delta Echo Fox Track Golf Hotel India uh, Jakarta. You gotta go through all the letters to get to the R? Is is it radar? Radar, I don't, I'm sorry, Delta. Right, but is it radar though? I, I can't know that far. I think it's. I think it's Roger. Wait, no, it can't be Roger because that's a control word. Uh, it's probably going to be radar Delta, but I'll, I'll uh, frantically Google it while you're explaining it. <laughs> exactly. That's you got it now. The system works. Anyway, realize slash rd at the top of the page. You'll see a thing that says support this show, and you can join for five dollars a month or fifty dollars per year. And uh, by doing that, you'll support the show, but you also get something for your money. Uh, and every show is trying to come up with 
something appropriate to that show that they think you'll get for the money. One of the things you'll get is a special what, feed. What have people got? What have people gotten in the past, John? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. You'll like it. No, um, you'll actually get no. something. Um, yes. You get access to a special members-only feed that contains the show you're listening to right now, but without any of the ads because you're paying money, so you don't have to hear them. It's not like Hulu where you pay money and you still have to watch the ads. And we're trying to do something a little extra. So for this show, uh, about once a month, we're going to add some extra bonus content to the show. Uh, To avoid screwing up the numbering, we've been advised that we shouldn't try to insert shows in between. So we're just going to make one show longer than normal. And we Mm -hmm. have a bunch of ideas about what we're going to, what kind of content that we're going to add. Uh, And when I tell you about it, you may be excited, but then also angry because it will make you want to become a member of the show. And that's kind of the idea, but I'll explain to you why you shouldn't be angry. In fact, in this very episode, at the end, we're going to add some quote-unquote members-only content, which is going to be me and Merlin arguing about what the heck the members-only feed should be called. Because we have Spoiler, spoiler, all the names are terrible. (laughs) No, that's a bad way to start, and we'll talk about that later. But for now, anyway, that's what we're going to... We need to come up with a name for this thing. So the bonus, the quote-unquote bonus content for the show is going to be us figuring out a name. If we come to the the end of that show and we have a terrible name, we're going to use the terrible name until we come up with something better. That's Um, right. But anyway, we need because we need a name to put it in the feed. But like the idea is if you become a member, you just subscribe to this new feed instead of the old one. It has all the same content as the old one, but no ads. Plus also this additional bonus content tacked on to the end once a month. So there you go. That's the pitch. Now, why would you want to do this? Well, and in fact, why would this, why is, the, would, this is the good part? This why is the good would part. I want to do this? Here's the thing. So the very first real bonus content, not the part where we argue about names, but like our very first like planned bonus content is going to be. The episode where, and it's not going to be the whole episode, it's going to be the tail end, sort of the spoiler, spoiler slot after the other thing. Anyway, our bonus content is going to be that Merlin is going to watch Millennium Actress for realsy reels this time, and Mm -hmm. we will talk about it in some bonus content. Now, you may be thinking, I've been listening to the show since the beginning for free, and you've been teasing this stupid Millennium Actress thing forever, and now you're going to put it behind a paywall quote-unquote i had to become a member to hear that that's like a betrayal i've been listening to the show for years and i don't get to hear when this finally happens here's the thing here's the thing listeners Mm -hmm. i can tell you with near certainty that there is no way that merlin would ever watch millennium actress unless we did it as a member special content as evidenced Mm -hmm. by the last several years of this program it's just not going to happen unless Mm -hmm. i essentially force him to do it by guilting him into it by saying look People are going to want to hear this. It's going to be our first member content. This is the only reason he's doing it. Like, I'm speaking to you now, audience. <laughs> yeah. So please. And, and mm-hmm. Merlin, if, to thine own yeah. self be true, as they, as they say. You were hmm. never going to watch this. And I wasn't, I didn't care. Like, fine, whatever. I'm going to watch it. I've watched the first 10 minutes. It seems very ambitious. Exactly. Like, I'm, I wasn't nagging you about it. Occasionally I would ask, but like, whatever. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> the show goes on. It could have, it could have just been <laughs> a running gag. Plan. This is your plan all along. It could have just been a running gag the whole way. But as soon as this membership stuff yeah. came up, I'm like, this is my chance. This is it. I'm going to get him to watch it because it's going to mm-hmm. be bonus content. And we have a bunch of other ideas as well. Merlin's going to make me do awful things as well. Well, so. this is the, this is the, let me, let me jump in if I may in, into your, your, your actually very, very well done uh, opening so far. Thank you very much. Uh, you're saying to yourself, will it just be watching uh, Millennium Actress once a month? Yeah, I don't know. Probably <laughs> no, not. You're just, just going to do it once, the whole movie all at once. That's one. Well, what if you do a minute at a time like the Star Wars people? No. Nope. I could, uh, I could get 10 episodes in the can right now. Mm hmm. That was funny, John. You can't even give me that. Are you muted? <sighs> yeah. I'm so angry right now. Um, 
So you say to yourself, well, well, what will it be? Well, you know, we've been talking about doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we, we, we have a, a main thing that we want to do, and then we have some secondary things, but we want to give ourselves some runway to do different fun things that we're pretty sure y'all will enjoy. But John's already kind of teasing out. I don't know, perhaps inspired by other top-notch podcasts, uh, but we will be making the other person do something mm-hmm. a lot of times. And we've got some pretty good ones. <laughs> Boy, number three is good. We've got some in the tank right now. Did I say tank? That's right. John will have to watch the Sullivan Generator episode of Shark <laughs> don't, Tank. Don't spoil all of them. We're going to have to spoil all of them. Yeah. It, the whole idea is that like, it's not going to be a whole extra episode. It's just some extra content, a single topic. If we go on for, for ages. Well, I just want to make sure we, we whet people's appetite that it's not just going to be us diddling around. No. It will have a focus to it generally but you know again we want to let the show become what it will become if you enjoy this program and i really hope you do because it's, it's a joy of my life to do this and uh and so what i what i'm hoping will happen is that you'll trust us uh to do something that you'll enjoy i feel like i have some sense of what that is mainly john talking and me not it seems to be what people like oh, stop it um excuse me stop it stop being stop, mean, talk, stop, stop talking mean to yourself you say stop talking is what you're no, saying i said stop being mean to yourself wow stop hitting yourself you, why you do that <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what we're going to do. Um, and it was, it's, I think it's, I feel like it's going to be not very difficult to go through some lists that we have in our document and find some things that we can, um, if you like, I don't want to say challenge, but we could make the other person do. Um, so just one more time, once around the block, what, what are, what, what if people want to do this, uh, what should they be doing? Just go to relay.fm slash RD. In fact, if you just go to relay.fm, there's a big membership thing at the top. If you go to slash RD, you'll see, you know, it's our pages for reconcilable differences. And okay. Say join for $5 a month or join for $50 a year. You can also go to the main membership page. You can support more than one show on the Relay FM network. It's like, it's a very flexible system. It's very easy to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, what basically, this your membership dollars, aside from just essentially supporting the show, will are the only thing that's going to make each one of us do things that have been on this list forever that we have not done just because we mm-hmm. one of us prefers not to. But now, motivated by by your membership, yes. we will be able to actually make it happen. You you can enjoy our shame. Um, just so you know, I got it wrong. It's uh, not radar. It's which I guess would be bad. Uh, it's Romeo. It would be Romeo there Delta. There you go. Romeo Delta. Boy, that sounds poetic. But if you find if you find that to be too difficult to remember, where you feel like you need to write it down, all you need to remember, you go to GiveSyracuseYourMoney.com. Did you register that? Yeah. Did you just it. register that right now? And you're, did you frantically register that right now? wasn't frantic. I was calm. Very calm. Just enjoy my coffee. GiveSyracuseYourMoney.com, which I'll hook up later. But yeah. I'll wish you hook up. And, yes. and then, did I can ask you a question, question from the floor. For uh, Professor Syracuse, mm-hmm. um, how? Because I don't really, I don't read things, including Slack. But um, what, what? How will this affect the way that people are currently supporting Relay and the different programs? Do we know will they convert to new people, or will, will the new system, or like what's going to happen for folks who are already subscribed the old-fashioned way? I don't know the answer to that question. I think when you sign up now, like if you have an existing membership, which I have an existing membership, I think your choices are like all the great shows, maybe. And then is there someone? And then you, or you could pick individual shows. I assuming if you're already uh, subscribing, already a member uh, and, and supporting reconcilable differences, you'll just get this, but I'm not sure of the details. Anyway, the easy thing to, to, to easy way to solve this is 
if it's not automatically converted, which it probably is, but if it's not, you would just stop whatever you're doing before and start doing this new thing, which is probably the same amount of okay. money. Just anyway, if you have any questions, you can contact the folks at Relay and they will sort it out for you. Okay. I only like to be sincere on the occasions where we have to talk about money. I would prefer not to be sincere with anyone, uh, but I'm going to say something sincere and uh, because it's about money. Um, I'm really grateful for the people who listen to this show, and I'm incredibly grateful for your support just as a listener. But, you know, I, honestly, thank you so much for giving Syracuse your money. It really helps a lot. This is how we, you know, this is how some of us earn something like a living, and I really appreciate it. So, you know, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. There's plenty of great uh, charities out there. If you can't afford it, it would be fantastic. We'd appreciate it. Also, I mean, it shouldn't go without saying that a portion of, uh, I mean, d- does, does Relay take a hit off of this? Yes. I think they do, shouldn't they? No, they get zero. They get nothing. It's all us. Yeah, yeah so we're on a network. We're all supporting Same each as the other, other plan? Uh, yeah, I think so. Good. Well, and then I like it even more. Because they're, they're really good people, and they are working their narrow asses off right now to try and make this good for everybody. And, you know, Mike and Steven, they're just they're really always trying to do the right thing, like more than I ever would in a million years, as you know. But uh, I'm very grateful to be doing the show with John, my worst friend. Uh, I'm very grateful that, that Relay has uh, done this with us for years. Um, so anyway, yeah, thank you. So you can go to uh, you go relay.fm slash... RD, or you can go to uh, give Syracuse your money.com. Thank you. Ron Swanson. Boy, you're signing up. You get, you're assigning yourself some uh, homework here. You got to set up that domain. You got to make a redirect. Mm-hmm. I did it with backtowork.limo, and it even, it even resolves to slash subdirectories. That's good. All right. Uh, let's, let's hover, baby. Let's start the show proper. Uh, quickies. We got a couple of mini topics here. The first one is I just want to actually this is a little bit of follow up. I just want to follow up on I don't think we talked about this in the show so we should and we were just talking about it before the show. Haircut follow up. Oh yeah, please. We covered your shavening last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've had a second I, one I, yeah, since. I, you, have, you have a minor update to that, right? Yeah, mine's quick. Uh, mine is that um, two I guess it was now three Saturdays ago my wife and my daughter uh, cut my hair. They shaved daddy. Um, and I was so thrilled with how it went. I think I am, as I could have predicted, pretty addicted to the home haircut lifestyle. I, I will still, as soon as I can safely do so, I'm going to go see my operator, Judy, and I'm going to give her money because I feel so bad that she's been closed this whole time. And I don't want, you know, I hate to take money off her plate, but, <laughs> but, uh, I love it. And so then Saturday I said, Hey, it's time to shave daddy again. I said, this time I would like it shorter, please. And so uh, they went in and did what? What is it? I think they did. Uh, I want to say. Don't say it. What number two everywhere? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that hadn't occurred to me. Oh well, now, now I think it, I got number two everywhere. Yeah, I pooped no, on the I cat. Mean, you, yeah. that's, your cat does that, right? Oh jeez, I got to. I got some. They're so hard, John. They're like, it's like a fossil. I can hear them coming out sometimes. This is what it sounds like. She'll be she'll she'll go in the in the in the nook and I hear <laughs> I hear the report. I hear the like, like tiny wood chips like being dropped, dropped on the floor. It's like like a, an illicit dice game in the corner of your house. A stinky illicit dice game dice game. <laughs> out there rolling bones with snot boogie. Anyway, so so you got you went shorter. 
Yes. And now this, as I said, uh, in our super secret, uh, channel, uh, with Todd, um, I mean, this one, we're trying to level up a little bit, so it's a little bit choppy. I don't mind it at all, but we're trying to get to where we could do like a fade mm -hmm. or, you know, sort of a thing, but I'm very, very happy with it. Cat clippers, two paws up. Head so nice. They shaved it twice. Are you thinking of any designs, anything, and maybe like any, some pinstripes or a lightning bolt? Oh, you mean like my, the number from my Jersey yeah, or something? Yeah, a lightning bolt. I don't know. Or 23. I'll get a 23 because of MJ. Yeah, I don't know if you're up for that. Jordan. Um, and so I believe, my friend, that you have an update on this front as well. Yep. I was talking about shaving, but then said my wife nixed the shaving. She was going to try cutting it herself, and she did. Uh, for someone who really didn't want my head to get shaved and insisted on cutting it herself, she was not happy cutting it. It was a very fraught experience for her. <laughs> Obviously, was she worried of hurting you or making you look weird? I don't know. I mean, I think she was afraid of messing up <laughs> or something. Like, yeah. I, but I was that's like, a lot, that's a lot of guilt to carry around. Handsome man like you. I mean, I what, like, what do I care? Like, you mess up, I just shave it. Like, maybe she was afraid that she would mess up and I would have to shave it and then she'd be stuck yeah. with the shaved head again. But, like, I mean, there's only so much I can't do much to help because it's my top of my head. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I've, I feel I was trying to give her tips on like my lifetime of having my head cut, my hair cut essentially the same way. I'm like, look, I've been get, doing this a long time. Like I just, I just sit there, but I see what they do. And this is kind of how they do my hair. They do this. They don't do that or whatever, you know. And so just try this technique. And so the, my main advice was trying to keep her from cutting it, accidentally cutting it too short or weird. Like if you cut really close or whatever, because then I knew I'd have to shave it. Like if you do something super weird. So you can always cut more off. You can't put it back. So so. <laughs> Basically, she was very successful in that regard. She did not cut my hair too short anywhere. It looks like your haircut. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the key thing, though. Like, there is no part of it where I go, like, oh, my God, where did all my hair go? Like, every part of it is either. You look good with the long hair, though. You look like a, like a, a founding father with those glasses and that cool hair. That pink iPhone. Well, that, well, so that's the thing. I took I took before and after pictures, and my daughter took some during pictures. Well, she wanted to cut mm -hmm. it herself. By the way, my thirteen year old daughter is like, "Let me cut your hair. Let me cut your hair." And I tried. Would she be looking at YouTube while she's doing it? Yeah, and I tried to explain to her that the the main reason I wouldn't want her to cut my hair is that her brain isn't finished forming, and she doesn't have good risk reward, uh, you know, assessments, and most likely she would yeah. cut herself or me, and we both end up gushing blood everywhere. Uh, because hair cutting scissors are very sharp and she doesn't know how to use them. Uh, and, you know, and I, and also I should add that she would have had the same thing that my wife had, which is an intense desire to bail out midway through or earlier. Yeah. My wife was like midway well, through. So you don't want to put that on her. If something did go wrong, you wouldn't want her especially to feel terrible. No, but I'm like, look, once you start, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you can't give me a half a haircut. Mm -hmm. The only way out is through. I mean, I suppose I could have shaved it at that, but she needed a little bit of coaxing to get all the way through. So anyway. Uh, practically speaking, after I get out of the shower and look at my hair, it's there. It's not pretty like there. It's not evenly cut, but it doesn't matter because the way my hair is, all those sins are hidden. Like the key is that she did not cut it too short anywhere. So you got enough hair just like that and it's fine. Right. And so I'm mm -hmm. perfectly satisfied with my haircut. I'm wondering if the second go around, if, if you'll end up like reinforcing some of the areas or maybe you'll notice the unevenness and can even it back out. I'm still gung-ho for head shaving, but we'll see if that comes back around. Maybe next time I'll say, hey, it's time to uh, cut my hair again. And she'll say, there's mm -hmm. no way in hell I'm doing that again. I'm like, well, zzz. or sorry, I don't know the right noise. You can mute it for me. What, for, for, for snipping or shaving? Shaving. Oh, I'm going to say maybe. <clears throat> yeah, maybe that's more of a cat clipper. Anyway, we did use, we did use the shavy <laughs> thing because, you know, uh, uh, well, at the end of my haircut, the, the, 
the person always uses the shavy thing to like edge to do edge trimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, yeah. So we got to use the shavy thing for that. So we did actually use the shaver for the the trimming towards the end. So success. Yeah, really, really successful. The um, I don't mean to pick bones uh, with your uh, with your nomenclature, but when I think of shaving one's head, I do think I know we kidded around last week about this. Yeah, I know, like with a razor. Like, well, I think of when I hear shaving head, I think of like Yul Brenner mm-hmm. or you know whatever. Yep. Um, it's just that I, I think the thing that I know inspired me, and I imagine inspired my barbers, was watching that video and watching the, if you you get the right guide on there you can confidently trim whether it's a one two or three or whatever it is it's just if you're only doing it all one length it's really not that difficult i would say still watch some videos but it was i mean also it's you know my wife's amazing my kid is amazing but uh it was really easy you just go and like i swear to god 10 minutes you have a haircut and if it's all one length then there's nothing to blend Looks pretty good. I would not do it on myself. Mm-hmm. I would draw the line there. Yeah, because it's tough to see what you're missing. And there is probably some cleanup phase, like after you go all around to just sort of do the the edge trimming. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I trimmed a little over my ears and stuff like that. But like, I mean, compared to where I was or where I, where I will be mm-hmm. in a couple months if I hadn't, because baby, now more than ever, oh, we're in lockdown. Hachi machi are we ever mm-hmm. in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, but congratulations to Massachusetts as of uh, Tuesday, June 30th. Yeah, we're hanging in there. Oh, by the way, for the, yeah. for the before and after pictures, I mentioned that it took the before and after things and a during picture. The reaction to the before and after pictures has been in two major categories. First category is people congratulating my wife on doing a great job because I think she did, right? Mm-hmm. The second category, which is equal or perhaps greater, is everybody telling me I look better with longer hair. And that I look younger. You look really good with long hair. I look better with longer hair and I look younger. I'd love to give you a makeover. Not that I don't think you're attractive. I think you're very attractive. But I could do a makeover for you that would blow you away. You should see what I do for the people on, because uh, Tan's having a really tough season right now on, uh, on Queer Eye. I, I just see errors everywhere. What I could do for you, I want to get you in some new frames. I want to get you some different shirts because I want you to get out of your comfort zone. You can keep the children's shoes for now because you're working from home, but this will be the time for you to transform and to come out of your cocoon a, be- a beautiful butterfly. We would have to have a lot of people sign up for membership for that to happen. <laughs> Interesting. I don't care about that at all. But like, I know, I think the reason people say I look younger with longer hair, like you hear that a lot with beards. They're like, oh, when you shave your beard, you look younger, right? Oh, yeah. Beards make people look older, especially if the beard is gray or whatever. Um, but the mm-hmm. style is now for people to have longer hair. So by having longer hair, I look more like the average like high school student they all have all the boys have long hair it's a style now right instead of looking yeah. like you know i've had the same haircut since sixth grade like it's literally the same <laughs> haircut and it, it wasn't really stylish then and it's definitely not stylish now right but, hmm. but whatever it's, it's what i it's what i've got is what i do although as my hair slowly disappears that may change so still thinking about buzzing it but yep so now now i look older you got kind of an alexander hamilton vibe in this Alex, like the real, every time I think of Hamilton, I think of Lynn Manuel Miranda, which is not what he looked like. I guess $5 no. bill, right? Excuse me? Hamilton? $5 uh, bill? Hamilton? No, he's on a 10, right? Yeah, Hamlet. Hamlet's on the $5 bill. Hamilton. Oh, Isn't that what you said? Hamilton's on the 10, fives in Lincoln. Right, all right. I corrected myself. Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Plus. I'm going to get, you, I'm gonna get you in a very flattering skirt, a very flattering skirt, maybe like a Peter Pan collar. 
but something that will show off that the, the gorgeous goose-like neck you have. Mm. I want to bring out the seabird quality in you, yeah. and I think I could do Let's that. See. Yeah, I don't well, think that's what you want to do. A little bit of concealer, <laughs> you know, maybe <laughs> little, stand a little, little closer to the razor. A little bit of concealer to minimize my Adam's apple. That'd be great. They <laughs> <laughs> do that around the nose, you know. Yeah. You're not no, no concealer is helping with this nose. I'll tell you that. Oh, this new video setup is really making me aware of the extremely dark lines under my eyes. Well, and you're also, you got old person head now, right? Where all, like, where all the features that used to just be there now, it's like people think, oh, when you old people, like your, you know, your nose keeps growing, your ears keep growing, or your head gets bigger. Yeah. I'm not sure any of that's true, but I, but it is like, you do start to notice it more. You're like, this is the same nose I've had since I was, you know, 21 years old. Why the hell does it look so different? So you got old person head now. <laughs> Let me frantically write that down. Same thing. Same things with your with your ears. You ever see old people ears? Of course they keep growing. There's no other explanation. I don't know. I need someone to measure. Like, because I don't I don't know if they do. It's like the thing I was saying, oh, your fingernails keep growing on a corpse after they die, but like it's just because the skin pulls back and it makes you think that. I don't know if there is the rest of your head pulling back. Oh, you're saying it's a Peter Jackson thing. Okay. Can I stand? I don't know if I could stand for my nose to get any bigger or my good old man head. I'm getting there. It's good for that seabird look. Think about it. Flock of seagulls is all I think about when I hear, oh, God. When I hear that. Don't be, don't be cute. You know what I'm talking about. Caw, caw. No such thing as a seagull. I think, I think you mean a gull. No such thing as a fish. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Friends, make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. You know, whatever it is you want to make. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, a gallery, whatever it is you want to do. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do whatever you need to do. You're going to make your own little personal home on the web with Squarespace. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades are ever needed you do not have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has you in particular covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help. And they also let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I've been on Squarespace. Ugh, it's got to be over 10 years at this point. I can't even tell you. What I can tell you is I still use Squarespace all the time. It is where we host the Roderick Online podcast. It's where I've put my personal sites, and they have been awfully good to me over the years, uh, professionally and personally and emotionally. They, they've been very supportive of me, and I, I, I just can't thank them enough. And, you know, it hardly costs any money. You guys, Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month, but you can start your trial with no credit card required by going to Squarespace dot com slash diffs that's d-i-f-f-s when you decide to sign up when you're ready to go live use that very special offer code diffs and that will get you 10 percent off of your first purchase of a website or domain and it will show your support for john syracusa once again that's squarespace.com slash diffs offer code diffs to get 10 percent off your first purchase our thanks to squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of relay fm And we're back. <laughs> uh, so we covered haircuts and money. That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're hitting all the bases today. We, covered, I know, we man, did haircuts, money, right and now it's time for time. Haircuts, money, and time. 
Is that a song? That's that's that uh, Warren Zevon song. Yeah. What is the What is the actual song? You got to tell me. I don't get the reference. I, like it's scratching my head, but I can't. Send lawyers, guns, and money. No, that's not what I was thinking of. Something, something in time. Maybe it's just a lyric. Something in time. I think that's from REM. Hmm. All right. I'm, not, I'm never going to remember it. I'm bad, bad with songs. It's one of their later albums. I'm not that familiar with. Maybe Monster might be Monster. They crowded up to Lennon with their noses worn off. Mm-hmm. Birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean. Boom. <laughs> Ryan started the fire. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I think I'm doing a hat on a hat on a hat. Oh, my God. All the tributes to Carl Reiner today. I've cried twice today just reading tributes to Carl Reiner. It made me so freaking happy. Yeah. He seems like such a good guy. He does. Very tall, too. I, 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 mean, I guess Mel Gibson is also short, but I saw all the clips of them when they were younger, and like, boy, he was... Mel, just Mel, ta- Mel Brooks. Towering. Oh, yeah, is that what I said? <laughs> so, what did I actually say? You want to know? Yes, please. Mel Gibson. No, he's not. I didn't say... All right, well, anyway, yeah. If I said <laughs> Mel Gibson, I am farther gone than I think I am, so... Bad he's Mel. personal friends with Ty. Mel Brooks. Our consulting producer. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is, I think, a small man, but uh, beautiful. But the, um, the ones that really got me, obviously, there's the thread that everybody passed around today. The wonderful thread. I'll put this in notes. I'm sure everybody's seen it today. I, oddly, my wife hadn't. I think she doesn't look don't, at Twitter Don't spoil it for the people. Day. It makes people go to the show notes. No, no. It's just, a nice, it's just a nice anecdote about a guy whose um, who's father and twin brother both you know, got into, I think, writing, I want to say writing comedy because of their love for the people on your show of shows. And it's just a really sweet anecdote. And then um, also uh, Michael Schur's anecdote about when Carl Reiner was on uh, that one episode of Parks and Rec where he was, it was the ramp episode. Oh, it's such a great story. And they sutured the hell out of him. So we're back. And so do you want to enter this or shall I? You, you, please give me the background because. Well, let me, I'll do the setup and then you do the slam. Okay. Yeah, this, has, this has origins in, in the Merliniverse. Well, that, that, is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, MCU. Oh, I thought it was Merlin Cinematic Universe. Okay, so um, sometimes when you have a worst friend, like uh, John Patrick O'Flaherty, uh, Syracuse, you have to preemptively warn John if there's something that he should not give you stick about because it wasn't your fault. Ask me if that helps. It does not. Um, on another show I do with uh, John Roderick, uh, John said something that I knew I was going to get stick about if I didn't say anything. And so I preemptively spoke to John. John Roderick says that he likes every clock in his life to be set differently. And that could be, that could be in the kitchen, the coffee maker, his truck, um, down to his iOS devices. And I, I kind of went... Ooh, I should tell him not to do that. Um, but I didn't. And so I said to John, I said, John Syracuse, listen, I know I should have told John. I, I feel like I know at least a couple reasons it's a bad idea to manually change the time on your devices. Mm, some of them will not affect Roderick based on my known usage of how he uses his stuff. But uh, then it also came out, I said, uh, so I said to John Syracuse, I says, you know, it would be kind of cool to have a persistent, uh, what's the three letters for the time? NTP, network time yeah, protocol. Yeah, yeah, or similar, right? Whatever it is, something that will set your devices automatically. But I could see a use case for wanting 
to be able to do like, for example, Vince Lombardi. Everybody, I don't know if this is a true story, but I read a biography of Vince Lombardi when I was in elementary school. And one of the things they said, <laughs> I've read a biography of a football coach? What an odd thing to do. But I did. And one thing they say uh, is that he would always set his watch forward J random minutes, I think 15 minutes. And I always thought that was a really interesting idea. It seems like you would get used to that. I know people do that with their alarm clock sometimes, things like that. But I was saying I could see a use case for having a system time that's separate from what I was calling a display time. Please respond in any way you like, John. First is when you preemptively told me about this business, I didn't understand what you were trying to say. And then when I listened to the program, I kind of know which part you were talking about. But I think you are more concerned about uh, Roderick messing with his time than I am, mostly because Hmm. I I don't have much faith that he was able to to successfully thwart iOS devices rabid desire to get their time from the network. You don't think he'd notice that? He, he wouldn't notice? Well, that's the thing. His his He wants all the clocks in his life to be off by some unknown amount. And so if his iOS devices forcibly resync to the real time, would he notice or would they just be the one point in the, in the sea of random time points that happens to be the right one? Like, you know, a, a, a right clock I is... I see. In the, in the kingdom right of one. the uh, yeah. chaotic, the one-armed clock is chaotic. I was trying to go for a stop clock is, is uh, right twice a day thing, but I couldn't... At least my watch is right two times a day is the line. And it's also MPU, not MCU. Sorry about that. Anyway, Merlin, po- Merlin, Merlin Podcast MPU. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Merlinverse is, is the is the the nickname. Uh MPU. You know, you know, I don't I don't like to call you on your business, but is, is it possible that you're having a 73 folders moment through this entire program? Because <sighs> you are being unusually error prone, and I'm wondering if I'm, you skipped your Wheaties or I had too many Wheaties. I was up late finishing a television program. That is my excuse. Oh, when does it come out? That's what I'm going with. Uh watching, finish watching a television <laughs> program was I thought I made a mistake. I thought there was one episode left. I'm like last night, I'm like, I'm gonna watch the final episode of the show. And uh-huh. when it was over, I realized, wait a second, this show isn't over, and there was one more episode. And you know, when you was have it just Mrs. one America? more, no, you know, when you, was it? you've got uh, it was an older program. I'm doing a lot of, of going back to old programs these days, mm-hmm. stuff that I missed, right? Uh, and so this was The Outsider, which is a Stephen Stephen King. Oh, I feel like I've heard good things about that. I think Jason liked that. I want to say. Yeah, it's Stephen oh, cool. King. Okay. Anyway, oh, I, right, right, right. I, okay. I, I made the mistake of thinking I had one episode left and I had two, so I was up late. And, and you know, my daughter keeps waking up at four in the morning, and I think it's because of TikTok. It's like you, you and your Chrome, her and her TikTok. Oh, I'm getting really getting the willies about TikTok. Woof. Um, Chrome isn't made by China, <laughs> I mean, as far as you know. Yeah, TikTok. Also, little racist. That's not racist. Oh, it's racist. Nope. My two ganders on this were, there's one I, I feel I know nearly to a certainty and another one that I can pretty much guess, uh, and I don't think John does either, unfortunately. The one I feel like I know to a near certainty is two-factor authentication mm-hmm. would very likely be completely screwed up. Mm-hmm. And the second one was Apple Pay. I'll bet if your clock's wrong, Apple Pay doesn't work. And, and messages, maybe. My other thing would maybe guess messages. Messages not working? The devil, you say. Yeah, messages are sometimes finicky. I'm not sure if time is one of the things that it's finicky about, but anything having to do with encryption, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, precisely. Because, I mean, so like, okay, so just real quick, uh, I want to hear more about this, but to, uh, real quickly, well, how, how, does, how, does it, how does it work? I get one number over here in one password. I get another one with a different time thing over here in Authy or Authenticator or whatever. Like, what's it doing? Is it based on some kind of a, salt or something the, yeah the two-factor things are like it's based on like there's some secret some secret piece of information 
plus the probably, you know probably plus a huge the current prime number a huge prime number probably plus the current time I don't know what the hell it is plus plus the current time there's there's some piece of information that's only on your device okay. combined with a bunch of other information that's related to your account combined with the time gives you a sequence of numbers and the sequence of numbers is going to be the same no matter what like you could you know if you knew all of the if you knew the secret ingredients that go into this you could have the the numbers for at any point in the timeline I think so you can just predict it forward it's very deterministic so the whole secret is like you oh, know, it's just basic algebra. It's like x plus one equals this, and once you know what the x is, you can. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but yeah, it's like it's like pseudo random number generators. You know about those? Um, don't Google tell me it. About it. Don't do it. Uh, pseudo random no. number generator, like computers. Because well, I know that random numbers are usually not random, and that you have to do special things. Yeah, because if, if you like, 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 think of this: if you're if you're a computer program, and I said, can you write a computer program to give me a random number, how would you do it? I'd use what rand. Right, but no, but I'm saying you have to write rand. Like someone okay. has to write rand, right? So your oh, job is the computers need to come up with a random number. It's like what before you, you before you can bake a cake, you have to invent the universe. Yeah, but like you know, someone mm-hmm. someone has to write rand. Rand is a, is a function you can call that gives you a random number. But what's inside that function? Like someone wrote it. It's just a bunch of code. So right. what is it? How do you get a random number from a computer? And it's a surprisingly hard problem. Do you have any you have any notions about how you might go about that? I, I I'm not even going to say anything because I've read just enough about this to be dangerous, and what I read was fascinating. And it was not working in the way that I would have guessed. So tell the nice people. Yeah, but but mostly because like if you try to come up with a way to get a random number from a computer, just sticking with computer stuff, like you know what computers you can do, you can you know assign mm-hmm. things to numbers and add numbers together and multiply and divide, and you can do basic math and like but but and, you know with those operations, how do you get something random out of it? And it's very difficult to come up with something that's sensible. So instead, we have pseudo random numbers, which is just some big math- mathematical formula. That given a an initial value, we'll spit out a sequence of numbers that appear random-ish. But for a given initial, given like seed value, the sequence is the same. So if I tell you the seed is five and I tell you the pseudo random number generator, you can mm-hmm. tell me exactly what it's going to produce. And, and if you seed it with five again, it will produce those exact same sequence of numbers. Now the numbers look random. If you look at them like, oh, it's a bunch of different numbers, and I don't see a discernible pattern. Yeah, for most people, random just means different each time. <laughs> Right, but I mean they're they're a little bit better than that. They try to they try to have an even distribution and not clump up. You know, like you can you can yeah. assess them and say like if I if I run this random number generator a million times and then like graph where the numbers come out and the graph looks funny, it's not a good random number generator. But anyway, they're pseudo random because given an initial seed, it always produces the same sequence, right? Okay, and that's something a computer can do. And that's just like okay, that's just like a, some big weird equation where like you give me a seed value. And then run through this equation and then just increment this thing, you know, whatever. and the, the ingredient in there is, is time, you know, is also, you know, well, not, not for student random generators, but anyway, the time is often used as a seed, right? Oh, interesting. Because okay. that's a number that changes all the time. So you won't use the same seed, you know, if, if the seed is the number of seconds since 1970, whatever, every second you'll have a different seed. And anyway, mm-hmm. that's pseudo. Real random numbers, computers do ch- try to get like better random numbers, but they need a source of randomness. Right. So they like an actual external source of randomness so they can use any hardware interface, uh, you know, Ethernet packet delivery time stuff that they don't control. Like the computer doesn't control when Ethernet packets from the outside world arrive. You could read a port that has nothing connected to it and take line noise and fuzz like they need a source of randomness. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how you get real, quote unquote, non, you know, quote unquote, real random numbers like there's actual hardware. And that hardware says Look, inside this computer, we can't make random numbers, but the outside world is full with a bunch of crap that we don't control, so we'll consider that random-ish. Anyway, it's a very difficult problem. Sorry for that very long sidebar. I remember hearing something a long time ago, and you can tell me if this is, it sounds right, but I remember hearing that 
in uh, the fascinating field of forensic accounting that one way they can see if somebody's fudging with the numbers is that I guess you can basically run a column through some kind of a algorithm or something, and it'll identify whether the appearance of numbers is too random. That you know what I mean, like, or that, or obviously, there's the one of like, well, does it always end in zero? Does it always end in five? But the other one is that 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 people who are trying to fudge finances will sometimes come up with more randomness than you would expect in that same situation, and that that's a tip off that somebody's artificially trying to make it look more. Um, random than it is. Yeah, because they, you, you know, that? they, yeah, they, it was, they would look at the distribution in in non-fraudulent transactions and they can just essentially graph that. What does the distribution of digits in this column look like for a non-fraudulent thing and then compare that to a fraudulent one? And, and I'm sure humans have tendencies. Humans are terrible pseudo-random number generators themselves. If you, That's why, yeah, you, sure. know, when you ask people to pick a number from one to ten as a part of some magic trick and the odds, the odds are you're going to pick seven or Always like, seven. you know, well, like if you see the distribution of what numbers pick, it's very yeah. lumpy. It is not even. Um, 1 to 100, I always pick 37. It's also my uh, my, my privacy question. There you go. But, but you know. Anyway, yeah. So this, with a grain uh, I, I forget how we got onto this, but we were talking about time. You're going to tell me uh, if, well, maybe, maybe what you think about the idea of having a display time that is separately settable different uh, than your system clock. Yeah, so I, this is a thing that I have done since I had a clock that I controlled. And the first clock that I controlled was in my bedroom as my alarm clock. Uh, I needed that to wake up at the ungodly hours that I was required to attend school. I didn't have an alarm clock in elementary school, but once middle school started, I think maybe that's when I <laughs> became, re- became responsible for waking myself up. I don't even remember. God, eighth grade sucked. It sucked so hard. Seventh and eighth was middle school for me. So hard to get up. Oh my God. Yeah. And then high school. Anyway, so I had a clock in my room and I had to use the alarm. And it very quickly came up with the, uh, you know, the self-hack needed, needed for uh, young children who have, uh, or whose brains aren't finished forming yet, that I would set my clock ahead some random amount of minutes and set my alarm for the real time that I wanted to wake up. And so when the alarm went off, I knew it wasn't really that time. I knew it was some time before that, but I didn't know by how much. So depending on how tired I was, I could risk a snooze or two and still get up at essentially the right time. Oh, you're basically creating a warning shot. Yeah, I also did this other thing, which I do not, which I do not recommend at all. Which was I would set the alarm way earlier than I actually needed to get up, just to give yeah. myself time to do more snoozes. <sighs> and I would do so yeah. many snoozes. It's like why? Well, I, I don't I, like. Here's the thing. It was because, it, like, in my tiny primitive brain, the good feeling of having uh, so the terrible feeling of having the alarm go off. We all know that feeling. Right. Oh, God, I was sleeping and now I'm awake and I hate life. Right. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. feeling would be followed immediately by one of the best feelings in the world, which is knowing that you can slap the snooze button and go back to sleep for a little bit longer. Yeah. You get a, a brief taste of that Saturday morning feeling. And I would get that feeling like four times every morning. <laughs> and it was a, well, it was a not it. a good system, but it was I was just a junkie for the good feeling of, oh, I can go back to sleep. Uh, so I'd get that four times in the morning and then the fifth time I'd actually have to get up or whatever. It was stupid. Like I could have just got more sleep if I just set the alarm at the normal time, but I was a stupid kid. Anyway, that's my childhood thing in my adult life where I still hate waking up. And, you know, I mentioned <laughs> that I stayed up too late last night watching a TV show. My first meeting on many days in the morning is at 7 a.m. It has been for a long oh, time. God, really? 
because I uh, do a lot of meetings with people in India. And of course, it's a, yeah. it's a terrible time for them. And it's a terrible time for me. So we're miserable together because there's that's not... How a, you know the, that's how you know the negotiation work. Yeah. And there's honestly, there's not a lot of good overlap in between India time and my time. So mm-hmm. we, we, we make the best of it. But yeah, I, I don't want to wake up early either. So, you know, for my entire adult life, especially my entire adult life where I've had a house, which now has been like 20 something years... I set my uh, my clock next to on my bedside table ahead some semi unknown number of minutes, and then I set my alarm for the real time. And I don't snooze anymore, but what? I do, and that works. I do. What well, I wake up and then I just uh, you know do that old person thing where you just like uh, you make moaning noises in the bed. You're like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, the, most of the time oh, I'm I know that noise getting yeah. up and taking the dog out like that's that's usually what i have to wake up early enough to take the dog out bring him back bring him back bring her back give her her breakfast and then go in the meeting that's that's my that's my uh the long poles i I can do many other things i can empty the dishwasher i can clean up the kitchen i don't know how you do it i i i record with dan at 8 30 pacific on tuesdays and it's now that i'm sleeping late uh, going to bed later and getting up later it's just murder i was like 45 minutes from waking up to being ready to, you know, show time. Whew, I don't know how you would do it that early. That's wild. I mean, I don't know how you could be like cogent at that hour. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. But like once I get going, it's actually a little bit easier in the in the winter when it's freezing cold outside and it's pitch black. You would think it'd be harder, hmm. but like during the winter when I'm taking my dog out in the pitch black, zero degree, you know, sometimes tramping through the snow. Yeah, that will wake you up. <laughs> I tell you, you're sure you're in your warm bed and now you have the you know cold wind blowing in your face while you're begging for your dog to take a dump uh you're awake then hmm. um so that helps um, <laughs> i'd love to see you begging your dog to take it like you're mostly mentally begging you're like please, please. They're like don't please. you want to go back inside it's freezing out here you don't want to make here. daisy want to make <sighs> she doesn't care what i have to say and she just wants no, to she doesn't this. um anyway that's <sighs> that's the thing that i do now um and it's hmm, not an unknown number of minutes mine is like 12 11 to 14 minutes ahead uh, and, you know, and I set my alarm for the time I actually want to wake up. I do not snooze. All I do is take a longer time getting out of bed as I slowly reboot all of my major systems and <laughs> get, get you know, make human operating as my dog, like, whines and swats at me with her paw. Your body is a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> totally. Like, you know, you're, you're, come you know, on, baby, a, hold together. An honored Karelian ship, but still, you know. Yep. And, and Daisy is just, she's ready to go. She is just putting both her paws on me and whining mm-hmm. and encouraging. I don't need to, there's no chance of me falling back asleep because she she's got not, a couple tricks she will not mm-hmm. let me go back to sleep. But no, but that's the thing I do. Um, now, the idea of having all the clocks at random times, like, here, here's, here's the thing with John. Mm-hmm. No matter what clock system he has, he strikes me as a person who's probably not going to be on time to a lot of things. That's odd. So, like, I, I see that he's trying to account for that by having a system. It's like, all right, yeah. well, that's this is the thing. Let me let me see what he could also just choose to be on time is the thing he could do. And it's not so easy, right? But like, but that's it's what he, I think that's what he's we trying to do. Eleven, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and he woke up. He was out of bed at ten fifty nine. So he's yeah. technically on time. Um, yeah. But that's I understand the motivation to say, look, is there some self hack that I can do involving clocks that will help me get closer to be on the time? But if they're all just randomly off i think it just lets you disregard every clock as like i mean yeah it's just all of these things and i did add uh lombardi time to to show notes um 
I mean, all of these things are something like the exact opposite of how I would want to run my life. If I'm going to be late for something, I want to choose to be late for something. If I'm, and if I am late for something, uh, here's the crazy thing about me is I'll know I'm late before I'm late. And then I will contact the person. I, it's very unusual unless I'm stuck in, a, in the olden times, stuck in a tunnel where I can't use my phone. It's very unusual for me to be late for anything. And if I am late, I will have warned you about it and basically done a soft reschedule of 15 or 30 minutes because I just, it's so weird. I, I realize I sound like a nut about this stuff, but like, I, I really think it matters to be on time for things. It's, it's just, it's such a, a mark, one of the most basic marks of character. And like, if you don't have it, the first time you meet somebody, you, you're already diminished in the, in the eyes of an adult if you're not on time for something. I don't want to be too strict. I mean, I know this is California and everything here is all wavy gravy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, I know that's true in, in, uh, in your home state. Uh, in New York, supposedly, that's just something I, every, everybody in Manhattan is. Just I, like, I, I, you, you saying that you knew you were going to late reminded me of, of a thing that potentially is a secret weird thing. I don't know. Like, the, the, like hmm. you just mentioned, the, the East Coast, West Coast thing is definitely a stereotype. But in my experience, it's true. I, I had literally no, totally. like so many things. Before I left uh, Long Island to go to college, someplace that wasn't Long Island, I had no conception about how the rest of the country lived. And I had no conception that there, were, there was such a thing as a West Coast person who didn't care about being on time. And it shocked me to my core. Um, but the, the, uh, the secret weird thing potentially, I mean, depending on how many people there are on the West coast versus the East coast or, you know, who are people who are stereotypically like that or like the other way to know that you're going to be late means you have to do a thing that I do all the time. And now I thought maybe I'm, I'm not, maybe everyone doesn't do this, which is you have to know how long things take. How long does mm-hmm. it take you to get to work? How long yeah. does it take you to get to your kid's daycare? Uh-huh. How long does it take you to get back? Like this. How long yep, does it yep, take yep. you to make dinner? How long does it take you to get out of bed, walk the dog, and come be sitting at your desk? Before you ever say, how, what time will I arrive, it begins by saying, how long could this take? And, and it's, not, it's not just like, I think going to work takes me 10 minutes. You have to actually know how long going to work. You got to really... walk through it in your mind and figure out where the risk factors are. Well, no, you have to do the thing of like, like, like you said with your drawing things. Don't draw what you think a chair looks like. Draw the actual mm-hmm. chair. So don't tell me how long you think it takes you to get to work. Time yourself getting to work. Like you don't have to do it with a timer, but like you figure out how long it gets to work by saying, okay, I left the house at this, you know, I, I left the front door at this time and I'm sitting in my desk at this time. What is that gap? And then average that in your head. This is not a thing I do on paper. I don't use spreadsheets. I don't use a timer. But like experience and care lets you know, okay, door to door, door to seat. This is how long it actually takes to get to work. So I will factor that into my scheduling and know if I'm Mm -hmm. not walking out that door by X time, the chances of me to be sitting in my desk at Y time are very small. Again, accounting for traffic, days of the week, blah, blah, blah. Like, but that's just a system you have to, that's just sort of an operating system you have to be running all the time for everything. Even if it's just how long does it take me to get up Take a leak, mm-hmm. find the dog, get the harness on the dog, walk, find the poop bags, walk the dog, make the dog poop, get the poop into the garbage <laughs> can, bring the dog back home, clean off the feet if it's snowy, go get the bowl. Go, like, there's all those steps. How long does it actually take? Not, oh, yep. I'm running around because I have to be in a meeting and I'm in and this is like I misestimated the time because you never did estimate. You never did say, when when do I have to be walking out the dog with the dog uh, with the dog and mm-hmm. walking out the door with the dog on a leash to actually be in my meeting in time? If you don't have that in mind, it's never going to happen. And actually, the way you're describing it actually kind of makes it worse and also gets to the thing. When I say it's important to be on time, it's more that here. Listen, you know, one of John's developer phrases here about colors and oceans. But like when we plan to do something together, th- this person and me, you can pick 
almost any time that you want to do that, right? If you want to do it at 10, we'll do it at 10. If you want to do it at 11, we'll do it at 11. But as soon as we've agreed on a time, it's really incumbent upon you to be ready before that time arrives and to be there. That's my opinion. That's my value, okay? Um, so I guess I want to just clarify, it's not that I have a hard-on about performing something at a certain time. It's important to me that we do it at the time we agreed to. And I think there's a distinction because, because that is the tightly wound way that I choose to live my life. In busier times, uh, forget it. It's just not going to happen. Like, sorry. Like, if I have to go pick up my kid and I, I time this out in a way that I could do a good job on this with you at this amount of time, there is no rescheduling. We'll do it next week. I mean, I'll try and accommodate my, my pals on long-time things, but like, if you just, you know, you spaced it because you didn't write it down or you just didn't show up because you spaced it or whatever it is, that's, that's really frustrating to me. And it does take, I guess, a little bit of yesterday's weather to like uh, often enough realize well, again, and back to a way that I used to like to do estimates for things, including money things. But I imagine you might also do this when you're doing estimations for parts of a development pro process, which is like, I used to call it like orders of magnitude, like talking to somebody about you know, ballpark figures, orders of magnitude. So what's your budget for this? We don't have a budget for this. Well, is your budget $10, $100, $1,000? Like which, between which two orders of magnitude is your budget most likely to fall? And it would blow your mind how often you can stop the conversation right there. Because if you're two orders of magnitude above where they are, they're at one or whatever. <laughs> like, why would you keep going back and forth and having meetings about that? That's mental. You would never do that. And so when I'm doing time estimates in particular, and I'm curious if you, do, you all do anything like this, I mean, I, a frequent way I would like to do it is if I, if I really don't have high level of certainty about my ability to estimate it, I might say something like, I cannot imagine it taking less than an hour, but I'd be very surprised if it took more than a day. And I think that that slots in nicely. I mean, you know, when I learn more about it and work on it, you know, if, if the factors change, the time will change. But like, to me, that's, that's a really practical way. And you know, I think it's important the way that I'm saying it. I'm not presenting it as, as oh, it's going to take uh, one to eight hours. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that of, of like the fat part of the curve, right before you get to the real long ends, like it would be pretty difficult. I, it would be, I cannot commit to doing this in less than an hour. And I feel confident saying if we understand each other, it probably will not take me more than a day. Is that enough to get started? And a lot of the time it is. That, that kind of estimate I think can be very valuable. Do you all do anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. Like I was, I'm just thinking about... Um another sort of character type that we see stereotyped very often it's a dad uh i don't think it's an east coast west coast difference but it's it's a person who trying to think of people in terms of uh them acting uh to, in response to things to give them pleasure i think i talked about this before about how having nicely aligned books on my shelves makes me feel good so i'm going to dedicate time to that um yes. people who feel good about being on time you know, uh, that makes them feel good about themselves, makes them feel like they're doing the right thing, makes them feel that they succeeded. If there ever is a situation where there is an increasing benefit for doing the estimation you were just talking about, of like, look, I'm going to have an upper and a lower bound. Uh, and the, the closer I get to the sort of upper bound, like the worst case scenario, the better I'll feel like if there's, if there's an increasing return, even if it's a diminishing return, it's like, if you hit it exactly right, you're like, I timed it perfectly. And I just arrived just on time. That's one type of person who likes that. Right. But mm -hmm. I think there's another kind that says, look, 
in every situation where I do that estimation exercise and do orders of magnitude and I come up with a range, I really want to be close to like the worst case scenario range. What if I get a flat tire and get lost and run out of right. gas, right? Like all the bad things yeah. happen and I still want to like make People like me it. who always get to the airport way yeah, early. Exactly. That's what I was going for. The dads who want to be to the airport way too early. How many times have we seen that joke? I would rather have a breakfast muffin and read the paper than be freaking out about whether we're going to make our mm-hmm. flight. Exactly. And the problem with the airport in particular, especially as TSA has ramped up during our lives, is that the window, like the the ends, they've gotten so yeah. wide. And it's like, okay, Absolutely. like it used to be, you know, all right, well, I'll, 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 you know, I'll get to the airport an hour early. Okay, but how about two hours? Okay, but how about three hours early? And those things, like, you're like, look, three hours early? Like, what are you accounting for? What, like, you get waylaid by, Well, especially you know, if you think your flight might be delayed. There's some flights you can go and see what percentage of the time your flight is, that particular leg is delayed. And if you know that that gets delayed a lot, you probably don't want to be at the airport for a total of six hours yeah, if you can yeah. avoid it. But that's a different way of thinking than what you're talking about. Yeah, and the problem is the people who get pleasure in in eating that muffin and being like, I, you know, even though I have all this extra time, I luxuriate in this extra time. I love, I want to be as close to that end point as I can because I can imagine that a, a flight of dragons could come overhead and torch the road in front of me and then how am I going to get to the airport then? I got to account for that in my schedule. And other people are like, look, most of the time, Mm-hmm. Leaving for the airport, you know, getting there an hour early is plenty of time to get through TSA. And, <laughs> There'd be uh, no dragons. <laughs> yeah. And especially you people who like, who, who who revel in nailing it perfectly, like they wasted mm-hmm. the least amount of time. That's a different type of pleasure center that they're tickling, right? Was it Jerry or George who the, does that? Who does the, the nailing the time? I don't remember. I get to get there, I pull right up, I walk right onto the plane. Was that, it sounds like it might have been Jerry. That sounds like a Kramer thing though, doesn't it? Could be a Kramer. But no, I, I know exactly what you mean. There are some people who, like I always, I'm always misusing that term rally versus race, but I think there are some people who like, just in contravention of, of, of God's will, are like, I want to walk into the party at exactly 7 p.m. because that's what these the, on the invitations. Like, well, there's one, you know, <laughs> there's one um, exception to my rule, at least. And that is never be on time for a party at somebody's house. I'll always be 15 minutes late for a party. I'm, I'm always on time. I mean, here's the thing about the party. Do, do you help? To, to, do you a side, help? to a side track on the party. You know, they're still, they're still making crudity in the kitchen. Right. So listen, I don't like parties and don't go to them, right? So there's that you. to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the cases where I do go to a party and will enjoy it, like this is the, this is the goal of, this is my, maybe all introverts goal of friendship is to get to the point where you no longer have to do all the things that you have to do with other people and you can just be comfortable with each other. Some people would say that's the goal of like, relationships but i feel like it's the goal of friendship too right and so i enjoy going to parties at my friend's house where i'm so comfortable with them that me showing up exactly on time i'm not a guest like i'm just there to help them put on the party just like they are so you arrive mm-hmm. in the house and you just fall right into the schedule what are we doing are we setting hmm. up chairs are we cooking things and it's not weird and they don't feel like they have to assign tasks to you because it's like if your family shows up because you're just so comfortable with each other that you feel like you are preparing for the actual guests to arrive because these people are your super close friends or whatever. Same thing with showing up with family. If you show up on time to a quote unquote party at a family thing, you just fall right into like, what are we all doing? Like, we're just, there are, there are no guests at a family gathering because we're all just us, right? Uh, yes, I should clarify. I, I think that can be different. Every family's different. It's Anna Karenina. I'm just saying for like, 
you know, like a like, like a, a real party like a, with with where like you're a not, small dinner party. Where like you're you, not super really, close friends with every single person. The whole a point six is you, person dinner party is one of the riskiest things that we have in America. There are so many things that can go wrong with that number of people and threading that needle. Don't even get me started. It's very difficult to do. But you do have to like, you have to know how to be a little bit of a human. If you do show up early, you better say, can you, can I help you with this? And specifically say, I'd love to do this. Do you want me to take out the trash? Yeah, those are for people who are still feeling each other out. You can't just go, can I help? While you sit on the couch, you know, picking your nose. I think you have to affirmatively say, tell me what to help with. You want me to do uh, this, that, 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 and just, and start doing it. Yeah, because if you show up on time and you don't have their relationship with the people, they don't want you to see them preparing. And now they're self-conscious about doing the prep. And now they you feel like they have to entertain you. Just go through their drawers well, and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. so that, that's a yeah. mess. But anyway, that's the type take, of party. Take the change that, off their dresser, eat their, eat their medicine. Type of party I wouldn't even want to go to. It's like, why would I even go to that? But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do show up to things on time. And so the, the airport is one where there's this huge, this is huge increasing green field of place walking you being even earlier is even better right and people are like no stop it, you're, you're too early it's i don't want to spend all day at the airport why are you going so early right um movies are like that too or used to be before reserve seating i was always like push it earlier push it earlier push it earlier why because i'll get the seat that i want because i'll be the first person in line mm-hmm. how early do you have to be to the first person in line well guess what there's a whole bunch of people like me out there that are screwing it up for people like me <laughs> Because mm. you're all right, we're going to be at the movie theater two hours before the show starts. I see, and someone yes, is there yes. two hours and ten minutes early. So the next time you're two hours and fifteen minutes, early. and it's like there's always someone with more free time than you, right? So reserve seating has been such a blessing. But the airport, like uh, you know, I'm still like that for the airport for the most part. I get a little bit lazier in my old age, but even in my laziness, I think I've told the story before. WWC is the first sort of major business trip that I've been going on regularly for many years. Mm-hmm. took a lot for me to work up the courage to go the first time but every time i go out there after it's like i've done this before i've gone to these places i've done these things it becomes more blase i'm less paranoid about it i'm less frantic about it right mm-hmm. so it was the story of that time where i was woke up i'm like whatever i'm gonna go to the airport eventually today i was downstairs doing some things and i think i was like looking at my phone and i think i pulled up the my my boarding pass idly and it turns out it was two my flight was two hours earlier than i thought it was Oh, my and God. I, and I discovered this right around the point where I was considering leaving for what I thought was a flight that was two hours later in the future than it really was. Yeah. Oh, I, I can already I can exactly put myself in your position. That moment of like, there's a thought and then there's a like, oh, no, please don't let this be true thought. And then there's like you open the one eye just a little bit and you look and you're like, oh, no. That's a horrible feeling. I thought I was I thought I was a good boy. And, yeah, now I, and I was in that relaxed mode where it's like, I should probably start heading out the door now. Like, I didn't have my shoes on yet, but that's the level I was at. I'm like, I just need to put my shoes on, and then I'll yeah. be able to stroll out the door for my flight that that is many hours in the future. And then I look at my phone, and it's like, you were wrong by two hours. That's how wrong you were. And you thought you were about to leave for your flight that you think is, is leaving two hours later. And so I left not so leisurely. I mean, I already had all my stuff already to go, but I put on my shoes, got out the door, and I went fast to the airport and did everything fast and frantic like you said like my life mm-hmm. depended on it and i made my flight so i know i know that wow. i have literally two hours of but you banked up disaster. all of that goodwill by being a nervous boy over the years exactly but by being so my regular time would have given me two hours to sit in the airport i mean i, I got oh. lucky there was no traffic everything went fast i found a good park spot like i did like all the things came together otherwise i literally would have missed my flight um, but that type of experience is terrible for a person like me because it reinforces massively the idea that you have to be super early to the airport. And it's like, honestly, 
if you just didn't waste the rest of your life being super early, that one time, maybe you'd miss your flight. So what? You get a later flight. It's not a big deal. You're, you know, but it's, it's so terrible to reinforce that, that notion that, you know, that thing mm-hmm. that makes you, I don't know. So anyway, having people in your life who are the opposite of that balances that out. And then you can have arguments about how early you're supposed to leave for the airport. But I feel like the stereotypical dad who wants to get to the airport ridiculously early, especially with the long TSA lines and everything is a particular type of person. And I am that type of person. It sounds like you, mm-hmm. you it sounds like you might have turned into that type of person. I'm not sure if you started out as that way, but you definitely are now. John, I used to be late for everything in my life. Everything, never turned anything in on time. I was just always late for everything and every social thing too. Really until, I don't know when, I think I mentioned before that I have an ex who is the wonderful woman, but uh, I mean, I married her, but she is the latest person I've ever met like comically late, like four person dinner and we show up at dessert kind of thing. And it was real bad. We, we really left the house before 11 PM. I was able to watch Arliss and Mr. Show, whatever else is in the Friday night lineup. I was always able to watch maybe uh, dream on. I was able to watch like a two hour or like at least an hour long block of TV, like while she was still deciding what to wear before we left at 11. Nothing, no shade of lemonade. Like I say, fantastic person. But um, yeah, and I, I just, it became clearer and clearer to me that it was a really shitty way. Oh, sorry. It, it just finally occurred to me that it was a terrible way to be. It's a very disrespectful. And, and so I'm going to posit something here. I don't want to get your reckon. You know, they talk about like Dunning-Kruger and we don't even know how bad we are at something um, where we think I'm probably misquoting it. But, you know, there's all these cognitive biases about not being as good at something as we are and also being sort of um, just being sort of unable. So what's for it I'm looking for? Being sort of constitutionally unable to realize how bad you are at something, right? I, I think that can be a thing. Um, I wonder, I wonder in my heart, there's, there's two explanations I can come up with for people who are late. Um, one is that they honestly, for whatever reason, the uh, organic, chemical, physical, I don't know what, are just unable to get it together to do things on time. And I also, but I also wonder if there are people, how am I trying to put this? That they just, they're literally unable to understand how long things, anything takes, even something they do every Monday or whatever. Like, what do you think makes people like that? And why do you think they get so flustered when you challenge them about it? Well, considering you, you said you used to be one of those people, like it's interesting that the thing that snapped you out of it is to, to paraphrase the, the usual suspects, uh, you know, the, the your your ex showed these men of lateness what lateness really was like you you mm-hmm. had to, your eyes were open by seeing how far I, mean, exactly. I don't know if that was precisely it i know that that being around somebody who is later than i am became shameful to me and I, it must have had some well, i feel like that opened your eyes to it like you just said with the dunning career yeah. where you can't see it in yourself and your experiences you're the hero of your story and it seems like not a big deal but now when you have to see it in someone else it lets you see even if she wasn't like you say she was the latest person ever Maybe she would say that you were equally late, but, but when you saw it in another person, you mm-hmm. were able to get a different perspective. Oh, so that's what it's like. That's what it's like <laughs> when I'm late, because as frustrated as I am about her being late, that's what it's like when I'm late. I do that, and that opens your eyes to it. There's a there's a scene in Roger and Me, one of many very upsetting scenes in Roger and Me, but I'll, I'll always remember this scene. The rabbits? And I'll probably get the quote wrong, sorry. <laughs> the Picture rabbits? Me? <laughs> Is that what no. you that African-American sheriff guy, the guy with the cool jacket and the hat, and mm-hmm. it's following him around while he goes and evicts people and his conversations with them. And, you know, he's just doing his job. But I, I'm not saying I agree with the sentiment, but I do think about this in life a lot. As he said, there's this woman who's talking about, you know, they're putting all the stuff out on the yard. It's just, it's so hard to watch. The movie's wild. But 
he says something like, you know, never marry somebody with less money than you. And, and, or something like that. And I, I think about the idea behind that a lot, even though obviously there's a logical problem for somebody in that equation. But, but I would say, um, be careful of being with somebody who's too much like you or is more like you than you are title. Like if you are a messy person and you're married to a person who's messier than you, it's going to be tough for the rising tide to raise those boats. And then you end up with your, uh, your dirty dishes in the attic. Yeah. You have the sort of self-reinforcing cycle. Do you know what I'm right. saying though? Like, like you need somebody who is a, I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the origin of love, you know, that wonderful song, like you're looking for this other half to you and it's in order to accommodate each other. Ideally, it's not two blocks of wood. It's more like a yin and a yang. Nice. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is a bad example considering she's your ex, but in that case, you were two late people and her lateness helped you see and repair your own lateness, even though you were the same in that way. I don't want to take any credit for anything good in that relationship (laughs) because I I ate thousands of boogers that caused that relationship to go bad. But um, no, but it's it's hard. I mean, it's it's also, it's a funny thing, like uh, talking to, uh, I don't know, just various people about, uh, this is probably too much to go into at this point in the show, but you know, just the whole, the whole thing of like, I know there's more that I can do to be a good person right now about a whole bunch of things. Um, but, but I, I am trying. And uh, one thing I'm trying especially to do, I'm not encouraging people to do this. Please don't yell at me. I just can't take any more. But the, uh, the thing, the thing that is so effective and makes me feel so unworthy is when people are willing to be cool with me about it. And to say, whatever that is. And it could be something actually, you know, really, really innocuous. You know, like somebody saying to me a few years ago, um, my son is uh, amazing and he's developmentally disabled. So uh, I really like you and your work. See, they're buttering me up and it works. They say, um, you know, would you consider maybe not using uh, the R word for that? And I was like, oh, man, yeah, I could totally do that. Or I saw you do this with a friend of ours on Slack and you did it in a really cool way where you said to yeah yeah you said to to a pal that does a show was it, was it mel gibson yeah it was mel gibson mel gibson was in the channel i don't have a lot of talks with him about a lot of things oh my god he's just he's has so many funny homosexual nicknames for everybody <sighs> old homo homo joe jomo and you said to the person hey you know um that, i get why you're doing that joke I, it's you know i get it but like uh you think you consider maybe not using that word you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm so grateful when somebody does that with me because I'm enough of an old white man. I'm not proud to say this, but like just being held to constant confrontation from strangers is not my particular kink and is not the most effective thing. And you don't have to say that you like me necessarily or that you respect me or any of that. It doesn't matter if you do that. But like, I'm so grateful to the people who take the time to put it in the way that my stupid head can understand. It's like the woman who taught a... Um, um, I think I might've mentioned this here, but my wife recently was in a, in a course for like, uh, prejudice and like, I think it was especially about acknowledging what's that phrase of like the prejudice you don't realize you have, um, unconscious bias, unconscious bias. Yeah. And it, she found it extremely illuminating. And she said the whole thing was really good. And I came out of it knowing things that I could do better and feeling very embarrassed about things I've done badly. She said, but the truth is that thing would not have been anywhere near it. She's like, I've been to dozens of these. She's been in university life for many years. She's like, I've never been to any of these that was anything like the one run by this woman who just had everything. 
She was super charismatic and she was funny and she kept it light, but had eyes on you. And like, you know what I mean? The kind of person where you're like, yes, please fix me. I will do, <laughs> I will do the thing. And, you know, just to have somebody come in there and like hector you about why you're not wearing a tie or whatever, but to have somebody else who's like, who has the, the kindness. And I know, believe me, I've heard the line. I, I do agree. It's not other people's job to educate me. I, I understand that. But when they do, I'm incredibly grateful for that. And and the fact that they give me a break sometimes uh, is a source of great happiness in my life. So anyway, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for fixing me. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, glad that I'm still alive. Can I tell you, my, well, should, we got to go to our after show soon, don't we? We do. Uh, I kind of wanted, wanted to piggyback and tell you my anecdote, which I'm sure you already saw. I could save it for which, next time. Which one? Just tell me which one it is. My known issue. I don't know. You'll get me more. First of all, again, I, and this is short. And uh, hey, stick around. Uh, after this, we're gonna we're gonna talk, so you can get that in the feed. Um, so um, I uh, I I am not looking for sympathy. I've never looked for sympathy. I know I shouldn't be running betas of things, but I knew what I was in for. Oh, that and one. Okay, got it. Go on. It's largely been worth it, and it's been great. So here's a funny thing that happened. I put the iOS. Um, for first on my iPad, second on my iPhone, third on my laptop. And boy, are we ever going to be talking about the way Mac OS looks. Um, but the anecdote I want to share today is that I can't say precisely when. I think I did this on, I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. So uh, exactly a week ago, let's say. It came out last Monday. I think I put it on probably last Wednesday. But point being, I'm going to say probably at some point over the weekend, but definitely by yesterday being Monday the 29th, I kept having this weird problem where all kinds of stuff was being slow or and or unresponsive and or was just failing sometimes with errors and sometimes silently. And it was really weird. Uh, I'll try to get through this fast. I just think this is this is one of my favorite Apple things in a long time. It made me so happy. Um, so uh, so what were the first places I noticed it? Um, Safari got real slow. And then I was noticing that, like, I couldn't even, like, click in the location bar. Like, it wouldn't take that. I thought that was weird. And then it kept failing after very long times of trying with the, uh, what's the phrase, um, uh, a problem reoccur or something like that. Uh, the, the, to solve the riddle, don't worry, I'm going to have a link in here to tell you what this is. But I thought that was really strange. Around the same time, I noticed other things at first seemingly unrelated. Uh, uh, so, like, Amazon will kind of come up. It's got the Chrome at the bottom and the top, the Amazon, you know, navigation stuff. But if I click on, if I click on the hamburger, yeah, I get the list of things related to my account. If I click on orders, I get nothing and it doesn't even fail. It just, it just is white. Um, then, I mean, that was bad because I, I like to know what's going on with Amazon. But then uh, Gmail became unresponsive, couldn't slide left to right, couldn't click to view an email. I'd still get the push notification. <laughs> Interesting. Good clue. But like, what is happening? And it was driving me bananas. And I started going every route but the obvious one. I mean, one thing is I said to you, for example, today, should I go to Stack Overflow? Where should I look for this? I think you suggested Twitter or the Apple developer forums, which are now public, which is awesome. And also where I ultimately found this answer. Never occurred to me, just, again, advice from John Syracuse, don't overthink your search terms. Search with, hit your meat hands on the keyboard until it's the thing that you would use with your mouth words, and you'll find it on the first page. Don't get too cute about quotation marks and stuff. You'll, you'll find that if it's a problem that tons of other people are having, which in this case it was, right? 
Yeah, it's like antrails, kind mm -hmm. of. I mean, I, I don't know. See, this is the weird part, though. I had not heard of anybody else having this, and I guess fewer of my friends have the factor that caused this than I. But then, so it was getting to be kind of crazy, and I was, I was finally saying, like, okay, listen, chill out. Think about what this could be. So I went in, I checked on various profiles, I checked, checked on, um, I thought maybe it could be something, yeah, my guess was that there was something related to WebKit, but I don't know what, because I believe Amazon is, or you know, WebView, was a WebView uh, app, I believe. I'll cut to the chase. I, I drove myself crazy. John, I deleted all of my side-loaded fonts, because, you know, that could be on a Mac anyway, that could break it. And I finally, I finally went in, and what did I Google for? I I want to say that I, <laughs> I Googled for, I searched for something like iOS 14 beta Safari unresponsive, and I wasn't getting anything. I finally changed it to the exact, <laughs> the first thing I should have done, the exact text of the error message, and it popped right up on the first page. Now, I'm going to reveal what this was, but first I want to ask you, did that seem funny and odd to you? What was causing my problem? Yeah, but can you can you clarify one thing yeah, for me? Sure, yeah, sure, sure. The thing I should have suggested to you, which I didn't, uh, was to read the release notes for the beta. Was this in the release notes? I went to the release notes and I just command F through the page for responsive, and I didn't I didn't see anything there. I don't think. You know what? I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm confusing this with another site that had release notes. Um, sometimes I'm a real lazy butt about going to the actual Apple site for release notes because I have to do the whole rain dance to log in. But no, I, I don't think I had done that yet. But supposedly this is a known issue is what I had heard. Yep, that's what all the responses said. So you're going to give, give the, give the punchline here because this is a little weird. This is so amazing. So it's funny because like uh, I've been looking at my phone and uh, it just it became very humorous to me that uh, I was looking at my phone search. I was trying to search for the text of the error message on my phone in Safari. And you can guess what happened, <laughs> which was I went to the developer forums. And uh, of course, the page wouldn't load because a, an error uh, problem reoccurred. So here's the tweet from the follow-up after this. iOS 14 beta 1 has a known issue with iPhone in the smart battery case, causing, quote, a problem repeatedly occurred, unquote, errors on Safari and, paren, I think, other WebView-based apps. Take the phone out of the case, and Bob's your uncle. There is, I'm going here to the developer forums, where somebody had said, uh, Safari started giving this error today. This is from three days ago. Person responds saying, are you using a smart battery case by any chance? Mm-hmm. If so, this is a known issue in Seed 1, which can be resolved by removing the case. Once Safari is working again, you can resume using it. What do you make of that? The only thing I can come up with is like the battery case, the quote-unquote smart battery case, surely has some kind of driver software that can, it mediates communication with the battery case. And if that driver software somehow does a thing that triggers a bug that it eats memory or something that causes Safari to not have enough memory to crash. Like I'm grasping for straws. Like, I, I mean, it doesn't, it, it's not ridiculous because like I said, there is, it is, there is a software mediated interface yes. a piece of hardware and any software can do all sorts of bad things if it's totally broken. And so I guess it's just totally broken in a way that actually impacts the rest of the system. So I definitely wouldn't have thought of that in my own troubleshooting. I think removing your side loaded fonts was a good thing to try, but obviously checking, you know, doing Google search is even better.
first thing to try. I want to find the response from the latest person I am following on Twitter. Oh, so um, somebody named uh, Grant said, I would honestly love to know how a smart battery case could affect Safari page loading. And I said, me too. I've been pissing on a spark plug for days, even deleted all my side-loaded fonts, you know, I scraping the bottom of the Latest person I'm following, a person called Hannah says, I think this is so interesting. I bet it's the Safari tracking preventions, actually. I wonder if Safari would report like a 155% battery with a smart battery case and break a tracking script repeatedly. Mm, I think that's, I don't know. I mean, it's plausible, but it may be a little too cute. Like we really, you mm. know, you'd have to look at the might logs. Be something simpler. Yeah, like just like the maybe the, maybe it's a random number generation. Maybe maybe it's mining Bitcoin. Like if the driver was screwed up in some way that like put it into an infinite loop to constantly allocating memory and just use a lot of memory. Like a lot of stuff related to Safari. Why just dying. WebKit? Yeah, yeah, but, but like because that because that takes a lot of memory. Like because loading loading big WebKit just take a lot of memory, and if it runs out of memory during a page load, they don't normally have memory for. I'm just guessing, right? But like that type of sort of systemic thing, right? I suppose it could be the the battery thing, but like really the tracking prevention is like prevents it just it just doesn't report the real values for anything. So I'm not sure why the real value being much bigger than you expected would change its ability to just say, oh, I don't care what the real value is. I'm not going to report it. I'm always just going to say, you know, either say nothing or say whatever, some constant number. So I just want to say that was fun. And I'm really glad I was able to figure it out by using the website Google. But that was pretty fun. I kind of did like rubbing my eyes where I was like, wait, you're saying there's so many parts to this that are amazing. One is that an iPhone 11 in a battery case can cause this, this stuff not to work. Taking it out of the battery case fixes it. And if I read that correctly, once you put it back in and have used Safari, once you put it back in, it should work again. Mm, I also wonder that, if it's only happening when the, I wonder, hmm, boy, I'm really reckoning. I wonder if there is a condition where you're, um, I want to say something having to do with the battery protection stuff. The, um, you know what I mean? Where like we check your, your patterns and don't leave it topped up all the time because that wrecks your battery. Anyway, same same weird thing. But I wonder if, if it has something to do with, I don't know. I'm just wondering if there's, because like it's, if, if, if it's something where you take it out and it works, I wonder if it's something about having a 100% charged phone in an X percent charged case. Equally irrelevant, probably. Because mm, what would fix it? It fixes it when you take it out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, you, you can no. run some experiments to try to figure out what this is, but honestly, there'll probably be something in the release notes next time that says they fix this, and maybe they'll give you some details. Sure, they'll say design tweaks and uh, bug fixes. Mm-hmm. Performance. Not everybody's Greg Pierce is what I'm here to tell you. Boy, some people can write such good release notes. It makes me, I mean, it makes me, I get so angry because when, when there are apps that you know are updating a lot for business reasons and reviews reasons and stuff like that, and it's always exactly the same thing. It's it's always even if it's like, hey, there's this new feature we're offering that lets you share blurps more efficiently. And it's like been in there for a month. And like, here's your weekly update, beetle B. It's like, learn from Greg, my friends. Go and do likewise. Also, go to give Syracuse uh, your money.com because it's hooked up now. You did it. Where did you go? I'm going for daddy. Mm-hmm. 